Welcome into the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. I'm on a mission to help others build healthy, sustainable lifestyles. My guest again this week is my friend Bobby Hicks as we come back in for part two of our long-form conversation on kettlebell sport, training, nerding out on all sorts of interesting topics, and just generally having a good chat as two friends. If you made it this far into this long-form episode, I want to take a second to say that I'm incredibly grateful that you listened to this podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to leave me a rating and review on the platform podcast in your app of choice and support my work by supporting our sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open October 23rd here in beautiful little Canada, Minnesota. You can register on our website at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And if you want to step onto the platform to compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated online coaching approach. Now, without further ado, let's step onto the platform with Bobby Hicks. Side tangent. So my favorite thing about GS is um, at a certain point, right? I told you, like when I started working with one, you know, it's like I was fucking buried. I used to do CrossFit occasionally and stuff. And I thought that was fine. And like, I thought those, I, I used to be so, so lean and so fit, you know, like I was in the best shape of my fucking life. And I had no cardio or engine or anything like that. And it's like, so when I started doing GS, like I was so humbled by that, but it didn't get that kind of click, like that adaptation. And like, you know, I was able to just kind of turn off the suffering button. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's something happening like the last, like this last year, I'd say like since the Arnold's because at the Arnold's I fucking tanked it. I did terrible you know, it's like I was my first 24 kilo long cycle competition set. I failed at like around seven minutes, six minutes, I think, you know, it was not terribly like a lot of reps and stuff. And I just, I just was like panicked from the start. Like, like you've talked about like from the second I started, I was already in zone three, you know? And so like, I'd spent this whole year just working on cardio and just working on engine, but I didn't work on my suffering. And it's kind of funny because it's like I started working with a, a Russian coach, uh, Dmitry. Dmitry. Yeah. If he dies, he dies. He dies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, um, I met Dmitry actually at the Arnold's and like, we, we do not speak the same language, especially then. Like I, I'm learning Russian because I want to be closer to be able to speak with him. But, but like, he reached out. He was just like, Hey, like, I don't know if you'd be interested, but I'd love to send you some programming and see if I could help you. You know? And it was just kind of like started as like a friendly barter thing. Just like, Hey, this, I'm going to send you this. Let me know what you think. And I started doing his programming, started getting, and it was 
brutal. I mean, you've seen some of the drills that they do. It's just like, yeah. it's it's so much volume. And this was even yeah. like back in like August or September of it's, last it's, year. It, it, it hits the note that I say about uh, some of the traditional mm. St. Petersburg school. It's it, more will, cool. it, it, will either, it will either break you or you will become unbreakable. Like, yeah, that's 100%. Just, it's kind of like the binary ends of it. Either you're going to break or you'll be unbreakable. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, he was trained by uh, Sergey uh, Merkelin, you know, I think. Yep. Merkelin or Merkelin. Yeah. And well, it's like, better than I. I don't speak Russian. So. Like, you know, but like, um, but it's, it's one of those things where like working with like one thing I think is really important for people as well. From my personal experience is like, I've had people even reach out to me literally just recently. And they were like, you know, what should I do if I want to leave my coach or if I should want to find a, a new coach or like, you know, is it okay for me to get help from other people? And I'm just like, hundred percent. Like you can't learn just by working with one person. You have to have a, you have to have a team and a network and you have to reach out to people and you have to do these things. Like when I started working with um, Dimitri, he did things that I didn't necessarily learn from Juan. Juan was, Juan was like a powerhouse for, for um, kind of like GPP, you know, and like building the strength. He's a fucking hypertrophy monster. Like he, he put mass on me in no time. Whereas uh, Dimitri, he was actually forcing me to do the volume that I really wasn't accustomed to. So, which is why like, I kind of like just absolutely failed at anything longer than three or four minutes, you know, like it was my heart, it was going to explode. Dimitri has forced me to kind of go into that dark, scary place mm. on an, on a daily basis when I'm doing my training, you know, and it's one of those things where all of a sudden, like after like a few months of doing that and just being like, this fucking sucks. All of a sudden now it's like, I don't, I don't even recognize that these sets are like long, scary, hard sets anymore. And I'm able to actually turn off that pain cave button. And that was like one of the most eye-opening things ever where it's like, even if something really sucks back in the day, it's like, I would set those bells down in a heartbeat and then like pant for a few seconds and then instantly regret it and just be like, man, I could have kept going, you know? Mm. And the thing that's been really amazing is that like, I, you know, like you hear constantly around, you know, like any professional saying like, you should never train to failure, you know, if you're going to do, do like squats or bench or something like this. But I think that like learning to actually push yourself to train to f absolute failure in GS is uh, I mean actually I think it was uh, Bill Ash even said it's like you, you like in in this sport you actually have to earn your failure, which I felt very proud of because like I I didn't make the full ten minutes at the Cali Open I failed at like nine minutes and thirty seconds or twenty seconds or something like that but that very last nine thirty seven. Fucking motherfucker. <laughs> I'll give you an autograph later and stuff. <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, like I physically could not get that last rep up. I tried at the bump portion of it and then it just wouldn't go up. And that was, that was not me just being weak. That was not me like giving up. That was me pushing to the point where I physically couldn't go a step further. Like I couldn't even try. You got, you got everything you could out of your body on the platform that day. And that's all any, any athlete or any coach can ask, right? Like that's, that's, and being able to go to that dark, scary place is, is the, that's the beauty and the beauty and scariness of this sport. Right. It was like, but it's the ability to do the hard thing, do the hard thing. And it no longer is hard, right? If you just, if you make yourself do a hard thing every day, it's, it ceases, it's, it's, hard things cease being scary is really yeah. what happens. It's not that they stop being hard. It's just that they stop being scary because you're like, I've done hard things before. 
I did a hard thing yesterday. <laughs> did I, did a hard thing that, I did a hard thing the day before. It's like the ice baths that you do, right? Like, or doing, yeah. or doing cold showers. Like I hear other people talk about this, like, um, you know, just my, my, my last guest, Brad Jensen does cold showers every day because it for no other reason, like you can, you can, there's, you know, mitigating research on benefits and blah, blah, blah. But he's like, it's fucking hard. It, feels it, it makes, it makes, it makes me grittier because I, yeah. I love, I love, hate it. Like I stare at it and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then I make myself do it for two, three, four, five minutes. And it, I, I, I never regret doing it because it's like everything else for the rest of the day is easier than standing under that ice cold water first thing in the morning for five minutes. And, you know, it's like, I don't but know, there's some beauty in that. It's also, it's also one of those things where I think it's so important to actually do these things because in the exact same way as like getting in a cold shower, like you, you, you know what you're going to expect, right? And you get in there and stuff. And the thing is, is like when you actually put yourself in these kind of like these, uh, these scenarios where you're basically in a, like a hermetic state, you know, it's just like you are stressing your body in some either mental or physical capacity. It's like your body begins to adapt and begins to evolve in ways that are involuntary that you didn't actually think about. So it's like the first time you get into a cold shower, the first time you do a longer set of long cycle or, or something like this, when you push your body to a place it doesn't want to be in, it, it pushes back and it tells you to stop. When you start doing that for about a week, all of a sudden you involuntarily start to get like these little uh, tricks that you didn't really think about. So it's like, everyone always trying to tell people like taking a cold shower. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're taking a cold shower, if you're jumping into a pool or the ocean or, or, or whatever it is, if you go into it, you know, and you were just like holding your breath and like tight and tense and stuff like, yeah, it's going to be miserable every single time. But if you actually learn how to control your breath, which translate really, really well to GS, you know, it's like you get into the shower, right. And then you exhale as you're walking into that water, full exhale, right? When you're doing this, you're priming your, your autonomic nervous system. You're, you're instantly calming your mind. And then that inhalation is actually more of kind of like a buffer to the cold rather than reactionary. It's like you are in the control of that because you've exhaled everything. And it's the same thing with GS. Like when you are getting to these places, some of the best training sets I've ever had in my life are at the tail end when I'm using the heaviest weights, you know, and my body is physically just done. Right. But it's like, all of a sudden, you know, like at the end of my last set of like 28 kilo long cycle, I will hit that perfect clean where everything just clicks in place. And it's like, whereas, you know, the sets before felt exhausted, all of a sudden it's just like that last set will feel just perfect because everything else is adapted. It's relaxed. And it's like, I feel like when you push yourself to these scary places, that's when you actually discover like the secret to what you were looking for. And it's kind of like fucking Zelda or something like this. Like you we found have, the key. We have a we have a mantra that I say uh, very <laughs> often, uh, almost at almost every practice. Uh, the last one's your best one, right? And it's 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 too it's twofold. It's to what you just spoke to that like when you're physically and mentally exhausted, like it's amazing how <clears throat> you can dial in better techniques simply because you have nowhere else to go. Right? Yeah, and you're not you're, thinking about you, it. You have nowhere else to go. That's all you can rely on is good technique. But also we always, I always try and make it, it's, it's, a, it's a mantra because it's the mission, right? The mindset of, of every last set that we do is, no, at the end, we finish strong in this team, yeah. right? We yeah. finish fucking strong. We finish with a flurry. We, we, we finish sets. They don't finish us. We finish sets, right? It's a mindset thing. It's like, you know, it's just getting, it's getting into that headspace of, 
uh, it's getting into that headspace that, that the last, the last opportunity that you have to get better for that day is that last set. And we're going to take that opportunity and make it our best set, whether it's our fastest pace, doesn't matter. It, it can be, it can be, it can be our best pace or it can be our best technique or it can be our best, our most relaxed set. It can be our best breathing. It can be the, the, the best insertion, whatever it is. Right. But in one way or another, we're going to make that last set our best set like that. That's our focus. So with that said, my favorite thing is kind of like learning how to get out of that pain cave. What is the one thing that you could probably say if there is like a one thing that you just like your favorite thing that, that like GS has taught you, you know? The, the one thing that I love the most, I, I don't know if it's something that GS has taught me. I mean, there's a ton that GS has taught me, but I think, I think the thing that I love the most, and you can probably relate to this because we have a similar unquiet mind, right? I, I love when my brain goes quiet. Yeah. GS is my quiet space when the world is screaming. Um, it is the place where at a certain point in every set or in every workout, um, but it has to be, it has to be a hard enough workout. That's the thing. Like, that's why I can't do, I have a hard time doing easy workouts. I have a hard time doing the deloads. I have a hard time doing the the longer rest intervals and stuff like when it's, uh, and I know I need to do those because I know the science. I know, I know it needs to happen. I have a harder time with those days because that then I have plenty of time to think and my brain turns back on and I've got plenty, you know, I got plenty of things going on in my head. Um, but in those hard moments, in the times when there's just the bells, the chalk, the breath, the sweat, you know, the next rep, I get to a point where it's like, there is only the next rep. Like I can't even think about what, what rep I'm on, like what my pace is in for this yeah. minute. It's just like, I know at six seconds, a rep goes up. I know at 12 seconds, a rep goes up. I know like, and I'm just like next rep, one more rep, lock it out, whatever, you know? And like, I just get to the point and like, that's all I can think about. All that exists at that moment is the bells, the clock and me. And like, that's for me is like, I rarely find that level of quiet in my brain. So that's, that's what keeps me stepping back under the steel, you know, three, three to five times a week. My, my good friend, um, Eric Hinman, you know, he's absolute legend. He's, he's like a, he's an ultra athlete. He's a triathlete. He's, he's, he does everything you can imagine. He's like, basically like one of those people is just good at everything he does. He's shredded and just like, you know, he's invincible. And I hate him already. I hate him already. (laughs) And it's like, he's, 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 he's talked about this a lot. And it was something that I had actually like, uh, I started to adopt uh, during the summer of 2020 when I was in lockdown. Like the only thing I could do is actually get out and run, you know? And a lot of people ask him just like, you know, when you go on your long runs or you go on your rides or like, you know, what is like the trick that kind of helps you get through this stuff? And he, he was like, you know, personally, he's like, I listened to one song on repeat. It was like, I pick one song and that's all I listen to. Now I don't, I don't listen to one song on repeat. I've done that and it's very helpful. Everybody has their own thing. I listen to like my favorite eBooks on repeat and stuff or like a podcast if I'm on like a run. The thing I think is kind of funny is that like, uh, for me, I almost listen to the same record over and over and over. You know, it's, it's like, it's kind of just like, it's, it's more like part of my heart rate, you know, the heartbeat, you know, but what what I realized was kind of funny the other day, and we've talked about this as well, where it's just like, you know, when things go wrong, you know, uh, you have to be able to adapt to things. Right. So I film every set for my coach who's in Russia, you know, and, you know, I use my, Sony A7S or A7 III. I set up on a tripod, got my headphones playing to my phone, which is set up on the side, got my clock and all this. This happens in, 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 invariably like 
at least once a month, you know, where my camera, my, my, uh, my a seven three, like my Sony will just either die. You know, the, uh, the, the camera card will suddenly get full because my girlfriend borrowed it the night before just filled up everything. And like, I didn't realize it <laughs> with her 800 photos, 800 photos to get the one shot that she's going to yeah. publish. And so this actually happened. So I was, I was setting up my stuff. Yeah. Damn you, Keiko. <laughs> I was setting up my stuff and, and I put my camera on the tripod and, and you know, it's like got my, the one record that I listened to and repeat my headphones and stuff. And I did my first two sets, you know, and I turn off the camera and I go to like, start the next one. And it says like, camera, you know, like, like memory full. So I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, I either have to go over and get a new SD card, which is in a different camera in the house. And I just really didn't want to do it. Or I have to set my phone up over here and film myself so I can have that, you know, to send to my coach. But be, by doing that, I can't the listen music. to any music, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things where at first I was kind of just like a little peeved about it. And I was just like, whatever, I'll get it done. And then it's in the middle of doing it that I immediately realized, like after I finished, I stopped, I said, it of, like the music is not there to do anything for me, except for just kind of like be my white noise, you know? Um, in the middle of every single one of my sets, I was totally fine. You know, I was even more in the zone than anything else because then I was only hyper aware of just my breath. I was hyper aware of just like my actions. And it's one of those things where I think it's so interesting when you actually realize that like that, what you're talking about, like when that, when GS puts you in like that quiet place where like, you know, you have to go there in order to actually like find your success. You know, it's like, I did that. That was a hard, hard set that I was doing. Uh, because Russians <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, but it was one of those things where it was an interesting experience because one had actually told me about this a long time ago where he was just like, man, I'm telling you right now, he was like, you should get into the habit of just listening to like either nothing or like white noise, you know? And so he actually used to have me trained to, um, I have an app on my phone called rainy mood. You know, I use it when I go to sleep sometimes, yeah. it's just, just rain, yeah. but it's like, I would play that in my headphones and it's the same idea where it's just like, you're not trying to actually listen to anything in particular. You are trying to unlisten to everything and, and just get inside of your, your own self. And, uh, I'd be really interested to see what brainwave patterns are actually going on in the brain yeah uh when you get into that like i'd be really that's a i'd be really interested to see uh, because think about it like when was the last time that like you were like when you would do a competition or something like you know even even for the cali open you it's like i watched my video which i posted on my instagram and it's just like uh in the background i had my music actually playing loudly i had no headphones on right and music playing loudly. It wasn't until I was actually going back watching the video that I was even aware that there was music playing. It's like you tune everything out and all you can think about is just either like the voice in your head saying, you need to stop doing this or you can silence that, that guy up, you know, or girl up, you know, and, and just unless kind of it's, Unless it's John Wilde Buckley being like, <laughs> this, is, this is Jordan's test. This is Jordan's time to test his mental toughness. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you, your posture fixes like, oh yeah, yep. I need to get my elbows. Yep. All this. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> that's still one of the funniest. That's still one of the funniest things. That that was the most uh that I, I that was the most uh 
rattled I had ever been in a in a jerk set. But it was... you say that, but my clock turned off two minutes into that set, and so for the last eight minutes, I had no idea where I was, what my pace was. Well, I'm saying I, for I mean, me, like... I, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that experience was harder than any. It just for me personally, no, 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 that was not... the most. That was the most I'd yeah. ever been rattled in a jerk set, and it was just because I was <laughs> I was not mentally prepared for it. Uh, you know, like. Uh, you know, like you're talking about, but, and yet, and yet after that first set, and then I was like, Oh, that was actually kind of helpful because I, because I, I, I did posture up, I did do better. Like, and I heard it like, and I got that, like, kind of like the challenge from the, you know, from the, from the, the crowd, you know, like, so then I, I listened to the commentary for the next two sets. So. <laughs> I just love what this sport has done. You know, it's given us an opportunity to not only meet so many amazing people. Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of funny because I mean, like, there's there's Carter and there's Juan, you know, uh, there's Dimitri, you know, like that, like these are people that I've actually met and that I know, you know, and then it's like the people that I have met that I had no idea who they were, like Lorna. I met yeah. Lorna at my very first or second competition, no fucking idea that she was basically like the best. You know, I met Marty. <laughs> at the, uh, the, the, the nationals, like my first nationals competition and like no idea, Irvin, Irvin was chatting with me and stuff. And he's like the nicest guy. And, you know, again, no idea who he was. And then it's just, like later on, you kind of come to realize like, oh man, I was just surrounded by like some of like the absolute veterans, you know? And it's yeah. like, these people are just taking the time to like chat with you and, I don't know. It's been, it's been like an amazing thing. So now it's like kind of like V2, you know, this pandemic has given me the opportunity to meet kind of meet like so many people, but it, again, a lot of that's actually come from you and your podcast, you know, like I, I don't think uh, that I would have met nearly as many people or been as friends with as many people if I hadn't heard you introduce them on your podcast first, you know, well, that's awesome. Good thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about build, building the building the community and growing the sport and and connect you know connecting with people. That's that's been the biggest thing. Like I, I don't know. I, so I, that's a, that's your goal. Like is just to make bring bring you know kettlebell sport to the masses. Yeah, yeah that's so. I, I have I have my mission statement and I have my vision statement. And my mission is to help is to help uh, <clears throat> others build healthy, sustainable life uh, lifestyles. And my vision is to bring kettlebell sport to the mainstream in America. Right. So like I, I, that, those are my, that's my mission and my vision. So I, I, I do have a vision for kettlebell sport. Like I, I do want this to be a thing here. Like I, like it is in Russia. Like I want it to be, I want it to be a thing that people actually know and do. And, you know, I think there's, I think there's a, a market for it. So. I think, I think that you need to have a chat with Moses and you need to get more people aware of who he is and, 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 and he's on, he's on the list. Him. He's, he's on the he's list. On the list. We're, we're, I've got the, the backlog actually has gotten, has gotten sizable uh, of a number of people that I need to, that I need to get on. Like people are like, like, when are you going to have, you know, this person? I'm like, yeah, they're on the list. Like I've talked to him. Like I just, you know, I just, I got to find the time to get everybody in. Cause like it, like, uh, like uh, running joke, you know, kind of like you have the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club and I was just like, well, maybe I'll start the Coconut Creek Kettlebell Club. How's that? You know, and like I brought it up to my neighbors and they were like, oh man, my kids would definitely do this. Like, you know, like, oh, my, my kid sees in high school, he needs to train to do something to get stronger for soccer or football. And it's just like, oh, you know, so I, I, I definitely love the idea. I mean, it's like, I, I, I tried to get my niece and nephew into it so hard. I was like, you guys. I'm going to make you an international world champion, you know, and then they didn't want to do it. And so all of a sudden their mom comes up, Amanda, and she's just like, I'll, I'll fucking do it. And it was just like, I'm going to turn you into international world champion. And you know, it's, it's just basic. It's just like, I love, 
working with people and talking to them about things, but it's like, I'm not a coach. I'm not, I'm not like a, a person that can actually explain like, well, you're dorsiflexing this, you know, and like you need to actually extend and hyperextend, you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, I feel like I have the patience that a lot of people just don't have to actually sit there and articulate and take the time to kind of like make people understand like how I would like to be told how to do something. And, you know, with time, I think I could learn a lot more, but it's one of those yeah, things those, where those things are all learnable skills, man. Get on the Brookbook, the Brookbook Institute and like the Brookbank Institute, whatever the hell that, but like you can, you can go get like ton, there's tons of knowledge, tons of information available. Like you can, you, you can learn, you can learn the, the anatomy physiology portion of it. Like being, a, being able to communicate to human beings in a way that they understand is the harder part. Like, like yeah. That, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the art of and it shows. the science, the science, the science is definitely behind it too. And like, I love the balance. Like you get some people like, like, like Juan is, Juan is, you know, he's got the science behind it and he, like he knows the science. Mike, Mike, Mike Silverman has the science behind it and he really knows, you know, you know, like it, it's, and it's great. Like I, I have some, I have some of that science not to the level that like mike has you know but um you know but i i'm i'm more the the soft science you know the people always give me a hard like the guys that i work with who are data scientists and stuff they give me a hard time about being a soft science guy because i'm a psychology person like i love mindset i love psychology you know so uh but you know i think i think both of those skills are very very important and that's what that's what makes good coaches and that's why like you said that's why it's important to work with I, like i think it is important to work with different <clears throat> coaches at different at different times in your journey and like learn different things from different people and different approaches and find the coach that find the coach that works for you because yeah you know um when you when you do find the right coach for you like you know then stick with them for as long as they're getting you good results or until they're not the right fit but like you know there's there's a long time to well there's a lot there's a lot of people that have been with coaches for for a long time for for good reason so it's a lot of fun. I agree. It's a lot of fun. I have I have one I have a, a serious question for you about social media. Um Anything. you're a very you're a very positive guy um <clears throat> about about social media and, and we've talked a lot about the 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 positive levers that you can create with social media and connection and, and how, and how many people, uh, how many people you can meet and the connections that can be made. But so do you feel right now with, with the current environment of, of the world is social media a net positive or is it a net negative right now with, with the, the dark side of the amplification of negative messages and the misinformation and um, some of the division and, and distrust and things that it has also sown, you know, so as, as somebody that, that, you know, does, does a lot of, of social media work, you know, what, what's your thought on, on that? Where do you stand on that kind of the, the, the white hat and white hat and dark hat? You know, I mean, like this one, an excellent question. Um, like I, I think in general, um, I honestly don't think that anything is really like, there are a lot of things that have changed. Right. And what I'm not saying is that nothing has changed. What I am saying is that I don't necessarily think that social media itself has changed. I think that the political landscape changed and it just utilized the social media elements in a much more aggressive way. But it's like, I can't say that like, you know, people are not saying the same things now that they would have said, you know, six years ago or five. I mean, maybe they were like six years ago because like even the internet was different six years ago. Mm. What I guess I would try to maybe articulate is this, you know, um, in a world 
in a world <laughs> with the microphone uh, in, in a world where like not just in the United States, but, but I mean, like, you know, I, I had somebody even just write to me from Brazil yesterday that was saying how like their, their political landscape is like terrifying. You know, it's like mm. there, there are places all around the country and all around the world where the, like you have leaders that some people think are doing a good job. Some people think are doing a terrible job. And the scary thing about the social media element of things right now is the fact that it's like, people feel like it is their obligation to be as loud and vocal as they possibly can for every single topic that you could have. And I think that maybe that kind of comes down to just like this, you know, that Andy Warhol kind of, you know, like moment where he's just like someday in the future, everybody will have their, their 15 seconds of fame, you know, uh, paraphrasing, you know, like he said something to that effect. And it's, it's just one of those things where I just feel like that that is kind of like the issue. You know, it's not necessarily that like people are more um, like the social media is better or worse now than it was maybe, let's say like before Trump, you know, or even post-Trump, you know. It's just, I think the fact that it's like it, people are now so, like I think it's an individualized aspect of things where like people themselves are so hell-bent on being heard and seen when you when you're locked in for a whole year you haven't seen anybody and you're told you shouldn't be seeing anybody you're told you can't talk or touch her or travel or do these things you know it's like people get desperate you know and it's one of those things where there are there are a lot of different ways that people can process this in 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 their own way in new york you know it's like a lot of people were running because they couldn't do anything else or they were creating or they were doing podcasts. Like you started yours, I think during the, during the pandemic at the beginning of it, you know, it's like people can either find a healthy way to express this and articulate it, or you can kind of do what some people do where they just like become angry and they just, they just use these platforms as just a way to kind of like, you know, say the things that they couldn't say to somebody's face. And then all of a sudden they just feel the power that comes from that. I mean, like anonymity is even, even seeing somebody's face or knowing their account, you know, it's just like, you're still anonymous. Like I can, I'm touching your face right now, but the screen, you can't feel it because you can't do anything. No, no, I and it's it. like, that. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> you just tickled my nose back, you know, but it's, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I think that the, there has been an equal balance of uh, really wonderful stuff, though, that came out of the last year to kind of counter that that negativity that we were seeing. You know, it's like during the the, the George Floyd, um, you know, kind of like protests after his murder. I was in New York when it was happening, and New York banded together in a way that I hadn't seen in like years. You know. Um, and that's, that's something that I truly do miss, you know, it's something that like I miss deeply about New York because it is one of those places where like, you feel like you're in a bubble, you know, you, you don't realize how, how scary the world can actually be until you're out of it. Um, but it, you know, it's like, I don't know, you know, it, it like, I, I'm not really sure if I properly answered the question, but it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, it's such a, it's such a delicate you know, no, you, gave, you gave a nuance. You gave a nuanced answer to a nuanced question. So I, I very much appreciate that. I, like, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. And the, my, my attitude on social media is, um, it's like gasoline. 
It can power yeah. a car or it can burn down a house. It depends on who's using it and how you're using it. Right. Um, my only, my only uh, counter mm. to your, I do think it has changed. Um, and I do think in, and I, in the same way that the internet isn't the same as it was six years ago, the social media companies are not either. And I know how algorithms work work and they are ruthless. Yeah, they, they are ruthlessly optimizing for engagement and they have done that without a, an appropriate level of oversight as to what is that engagement doing? That's how we saw acceleration of, because it's yeah. human, it's human psychology to engage with scary, negative content, right? Like, because, because our nature is to protect ourselves and we want to learn all of the night, like, it's like, Oh, the five, the five tips to avoid hurting your back when you lift weights, that gets way more clicks than here's the five best ways to improve your squat. Right. Yeah. Like we're just hardwired to click on negative things and to chase negative because we want to protect ourselves. It's in our nature. So like if, if, if you ruthlessly optimize for engagement without any filter on what type of content is creating that engagement, then suddenly you accelerate false information. You excel, accelerate scare tactics. You accelerate like, and that's the, that's where like it can become the accelerant that burns down the house thing. And that's the, that's the thing that, that does scare me a little bit, but I'm, but I'm like you, I'm an optimist. Like we met because of social media and like we, we became friends because of social media. Like we've never physically met in person until I come down there in May. Right. But like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, so I, I, it is I, that like eternal optimist, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, I, I, I have a very difficult time of actually like, because it, like I, I 100% agree with exactly what you're saying. And it's one of those things where when, like I live my life in a way where it's just like, it's very easy for me to kind of like look at a bad scenario and then just take a breath and just kind of like absorb it. And then just either, I like either absorb it, learn from it, learn more about it and then do what it can to help. Or if it's a stressor, just kind of like breathe it in and then just like let it out and then just focus on the next thing that I could do that's productive. You know, it's like, that's the only way that I operate. That's the reason why, you know, like my even handle says, I tend to smile quite a bit because it's like, I, I'm just, I'm always smiling. It's like, I, I find the, pro- the positive in a lot of things, but you're right. You know, it's, it, it, there, there are, especially talking about kind of like the, the, the way that analytics are, you know, like the now dominant factor, it's not content that people are necessarily fixated on. It's just analytics and X, Y, and Z, you know, TikTok is a big thing where it's like, it took the element of actually forcing commercialized content that was actually like high quality and things like this. And I don't want to say dumbing it down, but it's basically like, oh, let's take this one idea and make it in the simplest form so that everybody in the world can do this, Mm. you know? Like, yeah. you know, and so it's one of those things where even me, like I've done these things and it's like, I still would spend like six hours doing that to make it as professional looking as possible. And, you know, but it, it's, I don't know, you're right. And, but at the same time, I still think that there's a lot of really wonderful, beautiful things out there that are, you know, good bear this darkness the the great the great thing the great thing about it is and one of the reasons we're friends is just because i'm i'm i said something right doesn't mean that what you said was wrong either right we're not it's not binary it's not zero sum right i don't you know i I, i'm just i'm just less optimistic than you i'm a little i'm married you know i'm married to an er you're in colder weather (laughs) i'm in colder weather i'm not florida man i'm not you know i just i just got to bust my shorts out i wore sandals for the first time and you know it's like you know 
a week ago, you know, so, you know, my, and my wife, my wife's at the ER right now working. So I, I hear all of the, you know, I, I hear all the dregs of society stories, you know, so I'm just a little more jaded and cynical than you, but I, I still trend towards optimism. I really, I really, I really truly do. I, I do truly believe in that. And, uh, I, I love, I do love the power of, of connection through, through social media and building community and having these types of conversations. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Platform Podcast. We'll get back to the interview shortly. If you're a loyal listener, you know that I don't typically do interludes, but I wanted to take this opportunity to share some exciting updates. The date is set for the first annual Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. On October 23rd, we will be hosting at the Athlete Lab here in beautiful Little Canada, Minnesota, right in the heart of the Twin Cities. And we've already started to line up some great sponsors. Bellevator from Dennis Vasilov has given two belts for us to give away. Our friend Nikolai Puchlov from Seattle Kettlebell Club is providing his new Made in the USA Pro Kettlebells for competitors to try out and use on the platform sanctioned by the IKO. Additional sponsors include Barefoot Athletics and Gaspari Nutrition. And if you have ideas or connections to other interested sponsors, please reach out to me. And please don't forget, go register for the event on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And now, let's get back to the interview. We just hate fucking, like, douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really the, that's really the, like... That's the thing I have such a hard time with is like how, how, like, just don't be an asshole is not a hard bar to clear. Like, it's just like, I I don't know when being an asshole started becoming a virtue and like that, that bothers me when it's like, oh no, let's, let's trigger the, let's trigger the libs or let's, you know, let's whatever we're going to, we're going to take down the other side. I'm like, do you ever see the film Billy Madison when you were younger? Yeah. You know, with with Adam Sandler. It's like, you remember O'Doyle, you know, an O'Doyle rules. Yeah. You know, it's like growing up, you know, it's like you'd laugh because you're like, oh, Doyle rules. And there's just like the whole family of dickheads and stuff that eventually just drive off the cliff and stuff. Yeah. But it's like the thing that I think I've realized is that, you know, you think in your, you think in your head, oh, there's just those O'Doyles that are over there. And if I don't, if I don't really bother them, they'll be, they'll leave me alone. And then in the last year and a half, you just realize that there are a lot more fucking O'Doyles out there. And it just makes it a little harder to kind of ignore them. But I, I like to think that eventually they're just going to drive off a cliff also. So. <laughs> Odoyle rules. Odoyle. Well, we're, we're all eventually going to be swallowed by the entropy of the universe. So there's that. Um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. The sweet, <laughs> Even the, sweet re- about. the sweet release of non-existence is coming at some, at some <laughs> point. Uh, probably delivered to you via a Russian named Dimitri. <laughs> Oh yeah! Did you actually see Cam's new series as well? Where it's yeah, like Dimitri's in, in trying the next to kill episode. <laughs> yeah. oh, Different Dimitri though. Apparently, which, Different Dimitri. That's the best the, part. All the Dimitris. I mean, the the running all the, the, run, same. the running joke. The most used meme in our Rev Four Rev Four group is uh, <laughs> uh, if he dies, he dies because he dies. All, all of the all of the Russians are trying to kill us with their programming. Okay, and the last tangent. Okay, I promise. So I like like every other person, okay? Like I'm running out of shit to watch, okay? I've watched so many shows over and over again and stuff like this. And one of the things I realized that I hadn't actually seen ever, right? I saw Rocky 1. I've never seen any of the other Rockies, right? So, so 
You know, like you guys can't see my face. I am oh, flabbergasted. Is fucking <laughs> I on am, the floor. I am, he, I am appalled. He, he just looks like I threw I threw his ice cream on the floor. You know? In local news, Bobby Nixon's <laughs> stock went down by seven percent today when news broke that he had never seen Rocky. <laughs> I saw one, just never saw the others. And so I decided to go back because I was just like, hey, it's all on HBO Go. So I started watching it and and uh so I've been watching like every night, just like a little bit at a time, you know, uh, and I'm now getting to the end of Rocky three and I'm getting ready. Yeah. I'm getting ready to get into Rocky four to finally see if he dies. I think it's four, right? You know, yep, like, yep, there's yep. so many and then they have the creed. So I just yeah. side tangent. Creed, but I creed, creed is good too. Like both of the creed movies are actually really, really well done. Like Even the Rocky Balboa one, you know, but it's like, I also just never realized that like Sylvester Stallone, like he, like his story was amazing for Rocky one to like get it done. Like he wrote it and he was like, hey, no, I have to be in the film. You know? Yeah. I won't and sell it. No, I no, sold my dog, you know, it's yeah, like, and then yeah. he bought the dog back, but it's like, like then he goes into like write and direct almost all the others, I guess, you know, yeah. it's like, it's fucking wild, man. It's yeah. Loads of savage. And yeah, he gets he lo- jacked as hell for three. <laughs> Dude, He's still jacked. Have you seen pictures of him recently? Like the I've guy not. is a, fucking monster go, go google it like go look at what slide looks like right now and he's like 70 something years old and he's got like still fucking six-pack abs it's ridiculous like he expendables is still i think like one of the greatest gifts that anybody could have given us because it gave us like that 80s 90s like just all i want it's just like like a lot of people were giving a lot of a hard time to that 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 uh chris hemsworth film that came out um extraction everyone was just like it was a netflix film they were just like this is the worst film ever. It has like no plot. There's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, are you kidding me? This is like the greatest gift ever. This is like an 80s, 90s action film in its core with like better cameras, you know? They gave you gummy bears and you wanted gummy bears. Yeah. There's you know? no substance to them, but they're delicious. They're delicious, you know? And it's like, that's what the Expendables are. It's just like all of our favorite action heroes from like the 80s and 90s together and just being themselves, but... It's amazing. I don't know. So yeah, they, they're fucking. I mean, let's let's be honest. They're it's not it's not the Albany's like twelve flavor gummy bears. <clears> Those <throat> are probably like it's probably it's probably your Harborough, a little bit chewy. There's only five flavors. They're maybe stale, but you know they're still gummy bears, and they still give you sugar and some so flavor. The the first time that I told Jordan that I was just like I love gummy bears, he actually wrote to me. And he was like, "Are we? Do we just become best friends?" And it, and I was like, "Yes." And I just sent him a picture, and I said, "Harry Bow or bust." And you literally sent me a, a message back saying, get that trash out of my face. It's <laughs> Albanese or bust. Like you don't fucking tease, you know? And so. But was I wrong? No. But was I wrong? No. Yeah. Albanese gummy bears are the best. They are. They're as good as you get. They're, 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 they're literally, they're called the world's best gummies for a reason. And they, they, they live up. They live up. It's not marketing hype. So no, no social influencing happening there. They are, they are just, just pure substance. Your sex in your mouth. <laughs> that, did that just make the cut? We'll find out. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> this, okay. was, this was going to have to be a two-parter because, because we're, oh, we're going, we're, we're going on, we're going on two, we're going on two hours now. So with, with I'm that competing with Mike, <laughs> Uh, you don't you don't want to do that he, he like he would say you know I, th- he argues with god so you don't want to co- you don't want to compete with mike uh. <laughs> you know it's it's kind of funny it's like i uh so i started doing some uh i mean like since we have a little more time i guess but you know um 
David Tao, you know, like you had, you had an interview chat with him uh, from Barbend. Thank and, you for the intro, by the way. Very much hey, appreciate man. that. I was excited to chat with him too. Um, you know, and it's like, he uh, asked me at some point a while ago to like, hey, would you be interested in doing like any uh, article for Barbend? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Told me to do one, you know, at, well, didn't tell me, asked me if I'd be interested in writing something on Kim Fox. And he was like, I think that you'd actually be able to, you know, like get a lot of information out of her. Like you're a good person to talk to, you're engaging. And like, I just think that you, you might be able to write something fun. And so I did that, turned out pretty good. You know, that was an hour and a half long chat with, with Kim, right? Yeah. And then he asked me to, spoiler alert, I'm still working on this, but um, asked me to chat with Dennis, you know? And so I have a chat with Dennis, two hour long chat, right? Having to condense a two hour long chat into a 1500 word article is the, this like the fucking hardest thing ever, by the way. Yeah. Because <laughs> your new, newfound respect for journalists, right? It's gives, like, on, I mean, like, it's insane, you know? Um, and on top of it, it's kind of amazing to have though, like David, you know, who is is taking his own time to actually like help with the critique and just kind of like fine tuning of things because I mean, like dude's the CEO, like he doesn't need to be doing this. He could have passed this off to somebody else, but like, because he loves GS so much, like, and, and he's so passionate about like the article, like he wants it to really hit. Um, so I appreciate that. Shout out to David. Um, what up, but, David? it's one of those things where like, I don't think that I've ever, <laughs> I don't think, like I've, I've, I've like IG live, you know, like when I was doing those during the pandemic, you know, they, it automatically cuts off at 60 minutes, right? The majority of my conversations were second episodes because it was just never enough time. One hour is never enough time. And that's why I really appreciate like these long format kind of Joe Rogan style things where it's like, it gives you something to listen to. Even, even um, I mean, like there are a few people that have reached out that like listen to your thing and, uh, and <laughs> are just like, oh no, I can't wait for these new episodes because it's like, um, oh my God, it, it, it's so late right now. So I'm drawing a blank, but it's uh, Tim, like Tim. Tim uh, was talking about, he's like, yeah, I could drive like, 90 minutes to work. So I look forward to these longer chats and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've I, actually had people tell me like, be less respectful of people's time. Like quit, quit telling them, I want to be respectful of your time and cutting the conversations off at an hour because like I got a 90 minute commute. <laughs> I've, had, I've, had multiple people, I've had multiple people tell me that like, go ahead and go for the full long, go for the full log format. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I I think I'm actually at the point where I'm kind of like fizzling out. My brain's not working. And and here's the best fun part. So as soon as we get done with this chat, I am not done. It is it is midnight right now. Um, and I'm still, after I get done with this, I'm going to be on my computer working on a video editing project for Keiko because I don't have days off. She doesn't have days off. That is the one downside to what I do is the fact that it's like there are zero days off because again in order to kind of keep up with making content that's just for the brands you can't only put out sponsored content you actually have to make sure that you're also putting out stuff that like the people that are coming to your channel like they actually give a shit to watch or listen to that's why i think i was actually so proud of that video that i made because um and i got a lot more coming on this by the way but it's like because it's uniquely mine you know, and at the same time it's like people are like oh that's so much of their personality um but because of that that requires it, like you were saying like you know like oh if you don't want to have a kid you shouldn't have a kid because you want to have any free time 
I still don't have any free time. The difference is I don't have to wake up at like four in the morning, like Eric Sinanch, <laughs> you know, to train, you know, it's yeah. like, I can, I can wiggle it in and work it into my schedule and stuff, but, uh, but I don't have the beauty of off. being an entrepreneur is that you get to decide what 14 hours of the day you work hundred <laughs> percent. And so it's like by 14 hours of the day that I work, I'm pretty much like, later i'll wake up around like eight or nine and then after that it's just like the rest of the day it's just a a flip of a coin of whether or not i'm doing something really pressing at that moment or later and it usually gets pushed until like so you you can you can you can stay up until two in the morning and sleep until when you decide you're going to get up if i stay up until two in the morning my son is getting up at 6 a.m either way and guess what he will come hit me in the head with a toy if i'm not getting (laughs) up to get him his fucking cheerios like he's gonna hit you with the bowl (laughs) better <laughs> he's gonna be like daddy i'm hungry <laughs> you put the cheerios up where i can't get them so you have to get up it's kind of amazing though yeah well that's what happens when like we found him like <laughs> he pulled his birthday cake into his room and like was literally sitting in his room eating a slice of cake the size of his head just like I feel like that's something I did like last week. <laughs> it's like, you know, like you apparently never grow out of that. Apparently not, but he's five. Like, you know, if, if he eats all of that sugar, like he, he will just be a terror and he'll get sick. But like, so 31 years older than he is, you still do the same thing. You just call it, you just call it dessert. You know, it's like you, you, you justify it in some way by saying I trained a little harder that day. Yeah. Well, you made that decision yourself. Like I'm supposed to be the responsible one helping him make healthful decisions. So, you know, I, I guess I have some obligation there to make sure he doesn't eat the entire cake. So I got one last question for you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, okay. So you and I, okay. And, and Hey, this is the only way that things ever happen, right? If it didn't happen on Instagram or on a podcast, it never happened. It didn't so really happen. Didn't really happen. So you inspired me. Okay. Like when you put out your, your, I think it was your first uh, fat burner episode and stuff, you made it openly and abundantly clear that you had the goal that during the Twin City Open, you had the 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 the, the goal uh, to drop X amount of weight. Yeah. Um, and when you said that, you know, and like you were like, I'm going to be, you know, documenting the chronicles of this, just kind of talking about it, you know, and uh, just I want to be like as transparent and share it. And I was like, I really respect that. And you know what? It made me realize that like I wanted to have some kind of challenge like that too, because it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to actually train for and be harder at. Yeah. And uh, so I'm not trying to lose 40 pounds. I'm trying to lose 20, you know, basically like ish, you know, like around like 205. I'm trying to drop down to about 185. I was hoping your, <laughs> I was hoping your, your weigh in would be 85 kilos. It's 84. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to lose a couple of extra pounds. But yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> so um, that said, you know, it's just like my, my question is this. Okay. So I've been, you know, like, tracking i've been doing my cardio doing, we've we've talked about this off, off uh, like offline as well and stuff you know and I, I i'm respecting the 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 journey and the process you know but like what happens like in your shoes you know like if you like again i'm, I'm up most days tonight i wanted to cook some food i was out all night until about 8 30 we just couldn't get back home soon enough i wasn't having enough time to cook you know, I normally eat bed or like eat way too late. So I just ordered food because it was just like, I'm not going to be able to eat anything before I have to jump in this. And, uh, you know, it's like, I would never eat. So what are some of the hardships that you feel like you've actually gone through? Um, that like 
you want to share, just like maybe like one, you know, just like something you, you're actively trying to work on me. I'm still not losing weight as quickly as I would like to, but I am still dedicated to the process. And I know that by the time I actually meet it to your open, you know, the Twin City Open, I will be 185 pounds. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, you know, spo- <clears throat> spoiler alert. Um, so the next, the next pot, the next fat blast podcast episode is about consistency. Um, and, and that, and you, but you're touching on the reasons, like consistency is the hardest, is the hardest thing. And, um, and that's not, that's not unique to me or unique to you. Right. But being consistent with the habits that you need to have, um, in order to, in order to, lose to lose weight in a sustainable healthy way um it does require it does require consistency and the there are like 12 toggles or 12 levers that i really that i really focus on and um, one of them is sleep i am bad at sleep sleep has been Mm -hmm. a sleep has been has been a a struggle for me so i'm starting i'm actually starting a new supplement here shortly i'm I'll, i'll I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, no, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm serious. So I'm like, I'm, I've done a lot. I've actually done a lot of research about, about supplementation for sleep, for sleep aid. And, uh, some people that I, some people that I respect, um, you know, have a, have a supplement that they made, uh, for people that are wired, like, like, like we're wired. <laughs> um, so to help people that are, uh, you know, ad- uh, not adrenaline, but, um, ad- Adrenal, Nervous energy, adre- <laughs> adrenal, adrenal heavy, right? Adrenal stimulus, yeah. right? So high stress, a uh, lot, a lot going on, like busy, you know, cortisol jacked up. Yeah, yeah, P- yeah. So P- and, and high training stress, right, um, etc. So um, that's been a, a big, a big struggle for me is just consistency with my sleep. Um, but yeah, the, there's there's going to be more com- more coming about uh, some of the some of the things on on consistency. Um, but yeah, that's that has been that has been a struggle, and then. Um, I will also say, um, the, the amount of necessary movement daily for me is difficult to balance with the need for recovery from the kettlebell sport workouts. Um, and so I've, I've found it, I found it challenging, um, to like work out, not, not, not work out because I, t- I definitely want to vary my intensities. So it's not, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm trying to do six days a week of, of uh, kettlebell sport intensive stuff. I do that three days a week. Um, but then on yeah. the off, on the off days, I should be, wa- I should be walking every day period. And it was too freaking cold here for that. And so then I was like, well, I'm going to ride my stationary bike. I'm going to get up early and ride my stationary bike so I can get my movement. And I was like, oh, but I didn't get to sleep until 1am. And my first meeting is at 8am. So either I get up at 6am and only get five hours of sleep and I ride the bike and I get my cardio in, or do I choose the sleep? Right. And it's like, so it's like, which, which toggle is most important for me. And, you know, I know if I don't get sleep, then I don't perform in my kettlebell sport workouts too. And like, so there's just a lot of things to, to take into consideration. Um, and so like balancing stress, stress load, training load, um, movement, sleep and recovery, um, has been the, the biggest, the biggest struggle so far mainly for me sleep has been pretty pretty intense and rough as well just because it's like most of the things that we are trying to do around our house like we just moved into a new house you know it's like all of the things that need to be done people are like yeah sure i'll be there at 9 a.m i'll be there at 8 a.m you know and it's like that's it's not like it's very early you know like most people would be like yeah that's that's fine i've been up for hours eric sainage i've been up for four hours training you beforehand you know it's like but when you 
have a lifestyle that's kind of like ours where it's like you have you have the option of flexibility and so you go to bed on average at like one or two in the morning you know you are and you are also a very active and physically active person you know it does suck because it's like i tell my girlfriend all the time like oh my god i'm so exhausted i don't want to nap i'm not very good at napping you know i'd rather just i'm 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 getting good at napping i will say that i'm i i I need to learn the nap you know but it's like uh 20 minute power nap that's the key 20 you do the espresso one right like the coffee nap yeah 20 20 minutes yeah just a 20 a 20 minute nap at like three at like 3 p.m between two between 2 30 and 3 30 depending on when i uh, on when I can, on when I can get it into my work schedule, fit it, fit it in with client meetings and what have you. But yeah, I try, I try and get like a, just a 20 minutes. And if I, and if I don't fall asleep, it's just, it's still good for me just that I'm doing 20 minutes of breath work and just like, like eyes closed, yeah. breathing meditation. So even if I don't sleep, <clears throat> if I don't fall asleep, that's okay. And that's, that's been a big thing for me too, is like, I used to be like, oh, I've got, I've got, I've got a 30 minute window to get a 20 minute nap. I better, I better get in and lay down and <laughs> then I'm like, like I'm completely, completely defeats the purpose of, of trying to get the nap. But then I just took off the pressures. Like I don't have to nap. I'm just going to lay here for 20 minutes with my eyes closed and breathe. And if I fall asleep, I have an alarm set. And if I don't fall asleep, that's okay. I did 20 minutes of breath work to, you know, relax in the middle of my stressful day. So I, I love sleep and I actually spent a lot of time trying to like hone in on sleep and like skills and things like this. And so, yes, like going back, like this would be like a tip for anybody that might be in a similar scenario, because there are a lot of, there are a lot of different ways you can actually program better sleep for yourself. You can use supplements like melatonin or or other things that like might be like holistic and natural kind of like sleep supplements, which I would always recommend before you try to take something that's kind of like an ambient or something like that, because you're not actually getting like the full restorative sleep. It's kind of like it's like the same idea as like, like, like whoop. Like I, I, I was working with whoop for a while. I did a lot of like the uh, research with, with like their, their research behind their products. And like, you come to find that it's just like people when they actually try to uh, like, you know, smoke a lot of weed before they go to sleep or like they drink a lot before they go to sleep. The study actually, the data actually shows, and you love data, you know, the data actually shows that like you were actually severely getting, um, not the proper amount of sleep because you're, sedated, sleep. you're being sedated exactly. there's a difference between sedation and and sleep and that's yeah. why that's why like when you wake up if you've ever had general anesthesia when you wake up from general anesthesia you're not like oh i feel so rested and refreshed i took a nice i took a nice long sleep no you're like groggy and you're you're like fuck you want to vomit yeah you're just you're disoriented and like and you're you actually you're actually more tired your your body is like it's not rested it's the opposite so ray cronice he's actually uh like an ex like nasa scientist and stuff and he um basically decided to like dedicate his his studies to cold thermogenesis and studies like this and now i mean ray cronice he he did a lot of stuff with Wim Hof as well and stuff. And, and they were kind of experimenting with like weight loss and things. But one of the biggest things that he actually found in his studies that's that's been proven and shown to be very, very, very effective are um, his contrast showers. And so he does this like basically every night, you know, um, and you can do this in the morning as well and stuff. It's It works either way. But what happens is, you know, so throughout the day, you're basically like you have cortisol. You have, yeah, your cortisol waking response. Yeah. You have cortisol, melatonin, you know, like you really try to break it down. It's like the two main hormones that kind of regulate like how you're feeling with your sleep. 
your cortisol is basically just your your alertness and your anxiety and, and kind of like that stress hormone, you know? So when it's daylight, your brain naturally starts to produce a little bit of cortisol just to kind of keep you alert and keep you awake. And the problem is that, and I mean, I'm sure people have heard about this and a lot of people think it's bullshit, but, but it's like, there's so much science to kind of go behind this where it's like, we now live in a society that is so different than it was even, you know, 50 years ago, where now we are surrounded by LED lights and all these other like, what they call like blue lights. You got the blue blockers on. Yeah, I got mine actually in the drawer back here. You know, it's like th this blue light that's actually just constantly polluting in a way. You know, it's like the actual world that we live in, our, our phones that we are constantly looking at. You know, it's like the LED lights that just turned off right there for you. You know, it's like our computer screens and everything else. And so what's happening is that like we are constantly having a slow trickle of cortisol going out throughout our brain. So instead of dusk hitting and your brain starting to slowly trigger off the cortisol production and ramp up your melatonin production, giving you like that nice natural kind of tapering into that sleepiness that that is normal. We are not getting that. We're actually constantly getting this drip of cortisol. And then we wonder why it's so hard for us to sleep until we crash. So what happens is when you're actually taking melatonin or you're producing melatonin, a byproduct of that is actually your body temperature drops. You know? And when your body temperature drops, that's actually a normal natural state of kind of showing and indicating that you are actually in a rested state. Like you're, you're dropping into like that, that REM and deep wave sleep cycle and stuff. And so Ray Cronice actually did this an experiment. Um, he did contrast showers. He had, his, he had like teams of people doing this in the studies. And the, the, the idea is really simple. You know, you get in a shower, right? And you can start with hot or cold, but the idea is you want to basically just do like 30 seconds of cold water. 10 seconds of hot water and you can just shift it as hot or as cold as you want as, as hot or as cold as you can and you just do that for basically like four or five rounds and then you finish with uh, about two minutes of cold water and a lot of people might say it sucks and stuff at the end of the day at the end of the day i think it's actually an excellent drill as well on just conditioning your breathing because you have to have control of your breath in order to not panic right but 30 seconds anybody can get through 30 seconds and so it's really kind of like an interesting discipline study. But when you're done, you will almost instantly find that you get out and you almost have like this lightheadedness. Like you, you have like this, this wooziness because what's happening is you're basically fluctuating your body. You're starting to cool your body down, especially with that last two minute drain, you know, with the cold water and it forces your body to actually produce melatonin more naturally. So if you kind of in a perfect world, right, you you get rid of a lot of like the the the, the cooler lights, replace them with warmer lights. Or if you have like a bathroom light, like I have those little uh, pink Himalayan salt lamps in any of the bathrooms, so that they're always on. So that if there are no lights on, it's just warm light, you know. Um, little tiny like little like hacks, if you will, you know. But like eliminating as much blue light as you can you know, ambient light. And then if you can actually try these contrast showers, it's so, so, so helpful. Me personally, I actually think what works best for me is uh, after doing kettlebell stuff, especially like if I'm doing a late night session, I will fill up a bathtub, hot as fuck water, fill it with a bunch of Epsom salt, soak in there for about my 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. I let my muscles kind of just like, just chill. My legs and my back, I'll just let them just like do their thing. And then when I'm done, right? I'll drain the thing. I'll go into the shower. I'll immediately turn on the coldest water that's in there. And I'll just sit in that for about like a couple of minutes and just like cool down. And it feels 
refreshing. It feels like the greatest gift in the world to you because it's like at this point, if you're doing it right, sitting in that hot water, it's like your heart rate comes back up and you just, you, you really kind of feel like you're going to get dizzy. Then you jump in that cold water and it brings you back down. Nothing in the world makes me feel like I want to pass out more than doing that. And it's like, I immediately, almost every single time I go, I'll just lay, lay on the bed and I have to physically lay down and just like take like 10 minutes just to kind of collect myself before I can stand. But if you do that before you go to bed, it's like guaranteed that you are going to have not only the deepest sleep that you've probably had in months, but you are going to wake up feeling so refreshed because it's like you're getting that mental clarity. You're getting that chance for your brain to actually recover and heal itself. You're getting the opportunity to let your muscles actually repair the damage that you've probably been doing to them for weeks and you just haven't been able to catch up on your sleep. So it's not necessarily that you, you need to have like eight or nine hours, but if you're able to actually like introduce the right hormonal balance in into your body before you go into your sleep cycles, that'll actually allow you to have longer duration of deep and, and uh, REM wave sleep. Um, the, yeah. restore, the restorative sleep that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one like deep wave is basically, I, I always, I always get these mixed up, but it's like deep, I believe is best for your uh, muscular, like, uh, rehabilitation, whereas like REM sleep is better for your like cognitive like repair. CNS, yeah, 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 like you, yeah, your your brain and like your CNS, like your nervous system and stuff. And and you know, it's almost. I mean, like I wear like an aura ring, you know. And uh, I used to always wear like a, a whoop, you know, all the time. But I kind of just don't like wear watches, so I just stopped wearing those. But um, on a regular basis, I track my you know my HRV. I'll track my you know, my sleep scores and things. And I really love my aura ring because it actually gives you like a really specific look. Like it gives you like a graph. Like you love your, your hashtag your, not a sponsor. It's not, I, I, it's not a sponsor at all, but uh, yet, I, you know, <laughs> yet. But it's, people actually ask me all the time, just like, what do you use? And it's like, I've used whoop and I've used aura for about a year and a half, you know, maybe like two years at this point with, with aura ring. Um, and I have to say, like, I personally prefer the aura ring just because it's more minimal. No. charges in no time but the the analytics are just like i think just more appropriate for what i need when i want to train if i want to see my actual like heart rate and stuff i'll wear my you know like polar h10 you know and i'll just like track that training session but i don't really need to see like how many calories i've burned in a full day just by wearing a whoop strap you know it's like i want to track my my like how my nervous system is actually working so, but that, that, I don't know if you've tried that. I think that it's like a really, really helpful tip uh, that, that works for me. It's like the contrast showers. You yeah. Know? I've never, I've, I've, I've done contrast baths before, mm -hmm. but never, never as a mechanism to promote uh deep, deeper restorative sleep. I've done it for muscle therapy, like, yeah. you know, cool, cool, cool to dull pain and then, and then hot to, to cause relaxation. And, and, and when you understand the science behind it, it, yeah, when you understand the science behind it and like you understand the kind of like, oh, I'm actually chilling out this cortisol production to introduce yeah, totally. it, make, it makes then total it makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense when you understand the inverse relationship between cortisol and melatonin. Like it, mm -hmm. it's it's just a way of it's just a way of stimulating those uh, those toggles um, in an external manner. Like it 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 totally makes sense. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. 
we should just fucking end this like right now so i actually sound smarter than i am yeah <laughs> well i was actually gonna say i'm, I'm gonna go give it a try uh like right now right and, now <laughs> and i'm gonna go to bed because it is uh 11 25 and i just said how much i need to actually focus on getting good sleep so yeah i totally now, fucked that up for you <laughs> now, I, now i have it now i have a, a tip to hopefully quiet myself down and a little bit i told you i was gonna be hyped up for the next couple hours you know yeah, I, yeah I love i love i love these conversations i really do this is like one of the favorite parts of my week i i love having these conversations so i this was this was a lot of fun well maybe we'll just put it out in long form and uh, put a couple interludes in there where we can we can promote the twin cities kettlebell open august or uh, august october 23rd here tim, uh, in minnesota tim, this episodes for you bobby bobby hicks bobby hicks will be there uh lifting the, the double 28 kilo yeah i forgot that for for long cycle so again, go back to that posterity issue and stuff. So like my goal is, uh, and my, my Russian coach is going to kill me if this doesn't happen. I have to drop down from the, uh, what, 94 kilo weight class or so. Uh, I have to drop from there down to the 84 kilo weight class because, you know, that's uh, that's my goal. Uh, but my Russian coach is also forcing me. <laughs> He's, we, we moved to 28s. It's been too long. You can't do 24s. And so he's got more confidence than I do. So I have a lot of work to catch up to, but I think that I'm going to be ready. You'll um, be ready. Yeah. I see you. I see your training my, videos. I know what's up. You'll, you'll be ready. Might not be my best set, but I'm going to be ready for it. So it's going to be an awesome set. You're going to crush it. I know it. The crowd's going to be there. <laughs> think about that, man. Like when's the last time you lifted in front of people? When's the last time you've been around all your, all your, all your boys, right? Like, and, and seeing like Juan's going to be there. We're going to, they say you're going to drug Carter and then drag him and drag him out on the plane. Like uh, that's what I hear. So it, the, 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 the closest thing that I got to this was like uh, that, that time that I got a chance somewhat recently, you invited me onto your, your, uh, your zoom lifting with your, with your team. And I also had, my laptop on the side with the Canadians and Rev4. Rev4, you know, and I did a, I, for some reason, I saw like that no borders challenge. And I was just like, hey, let me give this marathon triathlon a shot and see what the fuck is up. And so I did double 20 kilo marathon triathlon, which was from minute one to 10 jerks with 20 double 20s, minute 11 to 20. Uh, 11 to 20 was long cycle. And then from 21 to 30, I dropped down and I was going to do double half snatch, but my, my grip was just done at that point. But then I finished with uh, you know 20 kilo snatch for the last 10 minutes. And it was one of those things where I, I got through it because you guys. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe magic might happen with the 28s. I think so. You, you'll, you'll earn, you'll earn your failure if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to earn my sleep tonight uh, after the next two hours of me finishing this, but hopefully you will too. And yeah. uh, thank you again for having me on though, man. It's like, I, yeah, I dude. love listening to the show. So I'm going to, I'm going to actively avoid listening to this one. <laughs> I was just going to ask actually, if you'll, if, if this one will have to be skipped over since like a lot of people can't, can't listen to themselves. It's uh, that's the pain, most painful part for me is the audio editing where I'm like, Oh God, I sound no, like an I, idiot. I, 
it's kind of funny actually i think i'll, I'll probably listen to it but it's funny because i'm i'm able to kind of just detach from something and just like listen to it objectively as if I'm listening to it for the first time there's so many things that we've already said that like i'm half paying attention to as well you know it's like my, my scattered brain only picks up in fragments so i usually if i do a podcast i actually kind of love going back and like hearing it once or so just to kind of be like oh i totally forgot about that or like nice. i can't i can't believe how fucking smart i sounded right there <laughs> and then ruining it with things like this you know yeah. <laughs> we can we can always edit in post so that's the, that's the joy well thank you very much man go get your work done i'm gonna go try out a contrast shower and uh and and go get uh go get some deep restorative sleep i believe in you i believe in you right. so much <laughs> talk to you later brother see you brother thanks for coming on thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the platform podcast i'm jordan Gundy wright We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Until next time. <laughs>